come about in that day, says the Lord God, that I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, and they will no longer be remembered. And I will also remove the prophets and the unclean spirit from the land. And if anyone still prophesies, then his father and mother who gave birth to him will say to him, You shall not live, for you have spoken falsely in the name of the Lord. And his father and mother who gave birth to him will pierce him through when he prophesies. Also, it will come out in that day that the prophets will each be ashamed of his vision when he prophesies, and they will not put on a hairy robe in order to deceive. But he will say, I am not a prophet, and a tiller of the ground, for a man told me as a slave in my youth. And one will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? Then you will say, Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. So, you know, what have been the big sins in their past? Idolatry, for sure. And I think he's thinking of false prophecy. Now, once they've come to the fountain for cleansing, God cuts off the name of their idols. They don't even remember their idols. And he removes the prophet and the unclean spirit to the point where if anybody still prophesies, Deuteronomy 13, you know, the father and, and his father and his mother pierce him through. They take the lead in killing him. Can you imagine a zeal for God so great that you would execute your own children when they were wickedly preaching and teaching false things. I see parents who will defend their children to the hilt even when it's hurting their children. I see parents who will join their children in error when their children aren't faithful to the Lord. Here is the, the spirit of those who are truly transformed by the grace of Christ even if it's their own children who are prophesying falsely. As Deuteronomy 13 says, they take the lead in executing them because of their zeal for truth that overrides human relationship. And, and it's, there's such a change that the prophets, they, they don't want anybody to think of themselves as being a false prophet. They, they, they'd rather somebody think that they were, uh, you know, just a, a, a slave, a, a tiller of the ground to avoid detection. You know, uh, they, 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 if, if they saw the wounds, remember how the false prophets would sometimes cut themselves and so forth, like in uh, the contest Elijah had on Mount Carmel. If they see the wounds, they'd rather somebody think that they received those wounds from their friends. What friends that would be. Rather than for somebody to think they were a false prophet. What he's saying is the transformation among these people who have come to the fountain for cleansing will be incredible. They will be so changed that they don't even remember the name of the idols. They will be so changed that they are so zealous against the false prophets that the parents will take the lead in executing the children that a person would rather be thought of as a slave and being wounded by his friends than for anybody to think he was a false prophet. Think about the popularity of the prophets, the false prophets in the Old Testament and how in Christ that's totally changed. He's showing the whole gamut. This is, this is conversion, Zachariah style. The Lord pours his spirit out. Men look on the one they pierced. They deeply and intensely mourn their sins. They come to the fountain where God purifies the sin and impurity. And they, they demonstrate their transformation in a totally changed lives where the idols and the false prophets are an abomination. That, that's an incredible passage. You can tell somebody, show somebody how to be saved from that passage. Uh, and, it, and it's, again, you know, the thing that's amazing to me is how did Zachariah do that? You know, if, if God wasn't involved in this thing, whoa, 
We knew Zechariah's ministry before Christ. We've got the Septuagint that was translated two or three hundred years before Christ. We've got documentary, documentary evidence. There's no way to say Zechariah was post-dated. You know, it was written after the fact. You can't possibly say that. How did he know that? How did this all fit together like this if God's hand wasn't behind it? Well, comments and questions on this. I love what you said about the Septuagint. It's uh, the most liberal scholar you could ever find will never question that these prophecies were written before Christ. Now, they might say it doesn't refer to Christ. Right. They might find a lot of arguments, but nobody can argue yeah, they might say it's only 200 years ahead of time. Right. Well, you try to predict this 200 years ahead. Amen. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it's beyond dispute. It's yeah. not disputed. It can't be disputed. Right. Yeah, it gets rid of their quibbles with Daniel and things like that when they try to say that was written after the fact. You can't say these prophecies of Christ were written after the fact. Nobody does say that. There's too much evidence against that. So good point. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a longer break uh, now and, uh, and go home, and uh, we'll come back tomorrow. I think Norm's got some things to do.